tonight we're going to examine the song, the song Walking Alone at Eve. It's 716 in your book, <clears throat> and we will sing that later on. Uh, but we're going to examine the song, the words of this song uh, tonight together. And uh, get some better understanding from the words of this song. Our book attributes this song to actually two writers. If you'll look at the top of it. One being William Slater. And... Uh, one being the other one, the uh, Sweat, uh, Sweatman, Thomas Sweatman. More believe that <clears throat> Slater was the one who wrote the song, um, but again, they give credit as well to Thomas Sweatman as well. We're going to talk about William Slater just for a second. Just a few facts about him. He was born in the state of Arkansas and. 1885. At the age of 16, he obeyed the gospel along with his mother. And he began to preach the gospel in 1915, <clears throat> but he became better known as a songwriter and composer. And again, this song tonight, along, Walking Alone at Eve, was first published in 1917. Now this Slater, he composed the music for many other songs of which uh, I guess Walking Alone at Eve is perhaps uh, his best known. But other songs that he composed and are accredited to um, were uh, a song entitled In Remembrance, uh, also, Angry Words, if you will, and another hymn entitled, There is a Home for the Soul. We sing that one sometimes here in our congregation. But again, he was a gospel preacher who held gospel meetings in some 20 states. But in August of 1959, Brother Slater was preaching a gospel meeting in Crystal Springs, Arkansas, and his custom after a sermon was to invite people to stay afterwards and sing hymns together. But on August the 22nd, he was asked to lead, uh, <clears throat> lead a song, This is Someone's Last Day. He took the opportunity to tell the people of the significance of that message. Afterward, on that night of that gospel meeting that he led that song, he was a guest in, hall, in the home of one of the brethren. And he was preparing for bed, and he felt ill. And he asked for a doctor to come. And Brother Slater died that night en route to a hospital in Hot Springs, Arkansas. The song is about... One who is living this life, looking forward to a home in heaven when this life is over. 
It's descriptive of one who thinks often of what heaven will be like and uses that as motivation to, to secure his or her place there in heaven. In verse 1, you see the, the very words of walking alone at Eve. Maybe that quiet time that we need every once in a while. This is a song about contemplation of something that Christian, Christians ought to consider from time to time. And we need to, in those times, take the time to think about spiritual matters, to consider what awaits us when this life is over if we remain faithful to him. That quiet time that we often need. I don't know about you, but I cherish my quiet time. <laughs> if I have the time early in the morning when I, the sun hasn't come up and I'm sitting at the end of a table drinking coffee and just being some quiet time with the Lord is very, very, very peaceful. But walking along at Eve, viewing the skies afar. In this expression, I see God's creation. As we consider the heavens, we see the handiwork of God that Psalms 19 and verse 1 spoke of just a moment ago as Jaron read it. It speaks of the heavens declaring his glory and creatures acknowledging him and showing him that glory. But as to bidding the darkness come and welcoming the stars, we're reminded of a sunset and the beauty of such. The song says, I have a great delight in the wonderful scenes above. First thing, they are Wonderful, aren't they? I'm so blessed to be a part of Jesse YC. And sometimes to, at the last devotional we have, we're able to look up and we ask the kids to look up. And being that far out with no city lights or anything, you're just able to see the beauty, aren't you? The darkness of the sky and the stars and things that God created. But secondly, as we contemplate the abode of our Heavenly Father, we think beyond the sunset to that spiritual realm. While we don't know exactly, we could say, where heaven is, geographically it is called heaven, but Psalms 2 and verse 4 speaks of he who sits in the heavens shall laugh. Isaiah 40 and verse 22 See, it is, it is he who sits above the circle of the earth. Hebrews 11 and verse 16 says that God has prepared a heavenly country for his people. So we see that first that things are wonderful, have a great delight in the wonderful scenes above. They are wonderful, and we can contemplate being with our Heavenly Father. 
who sits above the circle of the earth, who has prepared a heavenly country for his people. But thirdly, I think of the beauties that describe heaven. We sing a song here, how beautiful heaven must be. John 14, our Lord is speaking to his disciples there, and he speaks, verses 1 through 3, of mansions prepared. The book of Revelation <clears throat> gives us a picture of what heaven is like. And though we must understand that what John saw was a vision, nevertheless, we find that which shows and emanates what heaven is or, or what it looks like. But Revelation 4 describes the awesome throne of God in heaven. And when you go to chapter 21 in, in Revelation, <clears throat> and you look at the scriptures 9 through 21, and it says to us there in description of that place, John writes and he says, And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God having the glory of God, and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like as jasper stone, clear as crystal. Had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and the gates twelve angels, and names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. And on the east three gates, or the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city, and the gates thereof, and the wall thereof. And the city lieth four square, and the length is large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs, the length and the breadth of the height of, its, of it are equal. He measured the wall thereof of 140 and four cubits according to the measure of a man that is of the angel. And the building of the wall of it was of jasper and the city was pure gold like unto clear glass. And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chadoni, and the fourth was emerald, and the fifth sardix, the sixth uh, sardix, and the sixth sardis, the seventh chrysolite, the beryl, the topaz, and the glyphoraz, and the leth of jatheth, and the twelfth of amethyst, and the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every, every several gate was of one pearl. And the street of that city was pure gold. And it was transparent glass. And it goes on to talking about the city 
not needing a light because God was its light. But he describes that great city, that holy Jerusalem that ascended from heaven. If you go back in verse 4 of 21, no tears, no sorrow, no death, no crying. God will be there and illuminate it with his own light in verse 23. Heaven is that place where that tree of life is blooming. The roses never fade and where our treasures are laid up as we read in Matthew 6 and 21 for us to lay up those treasures in heaven. So in the descriptions we have of heaven, I see a place that's so incredible, a place that is magnificent, that words cannot describe it. But what we have recorded is just a glimpse of its glory and no wonder we delight in the scenes above as the song writes. The next line in the song is God in his power and might is showing his truth and love. He demonstrates his power by taking care of his creation, his provisions that we prayed, uh, thanking him for just a moment ago, and especially Christ. Demonstrates that love as he takes care of creation, he can take care of us as well. And in this expression of the song, I think about our salvation. I think about how God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, John 3 and verse 16, in Romans 5 and 68, that while we were yet without strength, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And he did this so that we could provide, he could provide an eternal home in his presence for us. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9. The Bible says to us, but as it is written, I has not seen nor heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. We don't have the ability to fully understand it. With faith in God, we ought to frequently think about what awaits us beyond this life. But what about verse 2 of this song? <coughs> the writer says he was walking along at Eve, but now he turns and he sits down and he says, sitting along at Eve and dreaming the hours away. While we should not waste our time continually daydreaming, redeem the times. There are times when we can and we should contemplate, but I believe there are times we ought to just stop and think. Remove as many worldly distractions from our minds. The clutter of our lives and the business and the work of our lives. And just think about heaven. I think that would be beneficial to all of us. To be able to sit down at the close of day and think about nothing else but heaven. 
Read these scriptures that describe it. Philippians 4 and 8 speaks of the type of things we ought to meditate on. Things that aren't to, to be in, in our minds and, and are good for our, our minds, if you will. And there in 4 and verse 8, the Bible says to us, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest or honorable, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things uh, are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on those things. Second Corinthians 4, verses 16 and, and through the first part of, of chapter 5. The Bible says to us <clears throat> in verse 16, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, in other words, it's decaying, but yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but, are, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary or temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. It goes on in to chapter 5, the first few verses there, down to seven. It says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle, tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon our, with our house, which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we are we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened not for what would not would be unclothed, but clothed upon, the mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us from the self same thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore we are always confident of, or of good courage, knowing that whilst we are at home in this body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. It's a text, this text is a text that describes contemplating about those things. It describes our groaning to be further clothed for eternity and with him. But the next line in that song in verse 2, watching the shadows falling now at the close of day. As I see the sunset, I see a God who is still in control. Everything proceeds as he wills. He spoke this world, if you remember, into existence and he sustains it by his very words. 2 Peter 3, verses 5 through 7. 
Folks, as surely as I and you and I can watch the sunset and the stars appear in the evening in the heavens and we can watch the seasons and the years, most certainly I can see and know that my God is in control. There's a time coming when his will shall be brought to its um, completion. And in fact, as you continue to read 2 Peter 3, you'll find there will be a day when the heavens will melt away. But after that, we look forward to a new heaven and a new earth. Verses 10 and 13 of 2 Peter 3. The next line in that song, God in his mercy comes. With his word he is drawing near, spreading his love and truth around me everywhere. First, he is a God of mercy, Luke 1 and 78, Romans 9 and 16. But through his word he has revealed to us all that we need, 2 Peter chapter 1 and verses 2 through 4. You think about it as you read that scripture. He gives us everything that we need to be successful. We know, you think about it, we know of his plan of salvation, his plan of redemption. We know how to achieve those plans. We know how to live to please him. And we know of that reward that awaits us if we endure. Paul writes about that thought in Acts 20, verse 32, where he tells the Ephesian elders there that he gives this truth and he commends to them to God in the word of his grace to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. And we learn of these things and his love and truth for the studying of his word. 2 Timothy 2 and 15, study this, show thyself approved. And chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 as well. John 17 and 17 tells of his word is truth. What about verse 3? The author has been walking at Eve. He's sitting at Eve. Now notice, closing my eyes at Eve and thinking of heaven's grace. As our day winds down, even this very moment, and we pillow our heads, are we thinking about the hope of heaven? To me, what a way to end the day is to close your eyes and think about heaven. As we prepare to sleep, it's a good time to say a prayer of gratitude for the day that we've been given. And if anything is amiss in our lives, let us take care of it, asking for forgiveness. 1 John 1 and verse 9. He's just to forgive us. 
The next line is the author writes, Closing my eyes at eve and thinking of heaven's grace. Notice it. Longing to see my Lord. Yes, meeting him face to face. While we might not want to think about this, what if we do not wake up in the morning? Do we sleep with confidence that if we do not wake, that we will be with the Lord? Are we ready for that? I'm reminded of Paul's attitude as he rolled in the book of Philippians in chapter 1 and verses 21 through 23 where Paul was ready to leave. He desired to be part, depart and be with the Lord. But he said and remembered to, to die is gain. But he said to live is Christ. What a way to end of the day. Closing my eyes at even, thinking of heaven's grace, longing to see my Lord, yes, meeting him face to face, trusting him as my all, wheresoever my footsteps roam. Again, we see a confident hope that no matter what happens, it will be okay. If and should we are, are given another day, even tomorrow, we will live it for him. Paul writes in Philippians 1 and 20, According to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, Paul writes, as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether, watch it, whether by life, or by death. Do you trust him? Psalms 4 verses 4 through 5. Be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed. And, and be still. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness. And put your trust in the Lord. Again Psalms 4 verses 4 through 5. But as the next step of the song pleading with him to guide me on to the Spirit's home. I see a prayer. In verse 2 of this song, I see God's word and its influence on us. Here I see prayer. Ephesians 5 and verse 16 tells us that the effect, effective, uh, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. If you remember uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17, it says for us to pray without ceasing, pleading with him to guide me to the Spirit's home. As we study God's word, we know that guidance is not a direct indwelling, as we've seen in biblical times, but through his word. But we can ask for help from him. James 1 and verse 5 and a lot of people will claim today that the Holy Spirit speaks to them and tells them to do if all these things through God's word, we get the message. But moving into the chorus as we close, Oh, for a home with God. 
it culminates and puts together everything that he's laid out in the three verses. A home, oh, for a home with God. A lot of things associated with heaven itself. And that's what we should be looking for. A home with God in heaven. We will finally be in his presence. In John 14 and 3, the Lord told us, his apostles there, he said, I'll come back. I'll put you and take you where I am. And we're reminded in the book of Revelation 21 and 3 and 22 through 23 as well, where John writes, I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city has no need or had no need for the sun or the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God was its light. It illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. But a home with God and a place in his courts to rest, our own place, that mansion that he talks about. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come, Hebrews 13 and 14. But a home with God, a place in his courts to rest, sure and a safe abode with Jesus and the blessed. It'll be a great place of safety. No fears. He'll be there with the Father as we have already seen in Matthew 6 and 19 through 21. He describes it as a place where the moth and rust do not uh, destroy and where thieves cannot break through and steal. But in Revelation 21 and verse 27, the Bible says that nothing that defiles, nothing that is sinful will enter that place. A home with God, a place in his courts to rest, sure in a safe abode with Jesus and the blessed, rest for a weary soul. One of the great qualities of heaven, a place of rest, that final rest, Hebrews 4 and 9, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. 2 Thessalonians 1 and 6 through 7, since it's a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven and his mighty angels. The next line, once redeemed by the Savior's love. Those who are there will be there because of our Redeemer. Heaven is the home of the saved. Revelation 14 and verse 13. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. And he says that they rest from their labors and their works do follow them. Romans 10 and verse 13 says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. One will say, well, how has that happened? When you look at Acts 22 and verse 16 for the how. You hasten and you obey the word of God. You're baptized for the remission of your sins. And then the last wording of that, where I'll be pure and whole and live with my God above. Nothing that defiles will enter. 
it has been said that when you've been invited to someone's home for dinner, if they say, keep your fork, it usually means that something better awaits, like some good dessert. Folks, while on this earth, we feast on the word of God and the many blessings he has afforded us here. But the blessings of this life in comparison to what waits us when this life is over, there's no comparison. This song reminds us of what waits us on the other side and how we need to think about every once in a while here upon earth. May we strive to enter that heavenly home So in light of what we've talked about tonight, I want us to sing this song as just as we did last week. <clears throat> and I want us to think about it as we sing it. <clears throat> think about heaven. It's getting dark outside at the close of the day. But think about the words. Walking alone at even, viewing the skies afar.
sing that song and you put scripture to it, it just seems like it just sounds that much sweeter, doesn't it? It does to me. I don't know about you. But I want to go live with God and our Lord one day. Sin cannot enter heaven. For us to be in that courts of rest, you and I must be pure. If we have sin that has encompassed our lives, we need to repent, confess that sin, and, and be, be, let us pray with you. But maybe you've never become a Christian and you want to, to remove those sin and have that hope that all other Christians have. We encourage you to do that tonight. Whatever your need may be tonight, so that you can see those courts of rest. So that you can live with God in the blessed, we encourage you to come. Together we stand and as we sing.